Master Fixer with Linda Davies Carr. No judgment, no drama, just straight talking strategy. Hi, I'm Linda Davis Carr. I'm known as the Master Fixer. I'm a business coach who gets results and I help busy business owners get more clients, make more money and sleep better at night. In this series of podcasts, I'm getting under the skin of some great people who've inspired me. And today I'm joined by Kim Ingleby, a mind and body coach who helps people reach their potential, even some of the strictly stars. I helped by asking her what were some of her successes in 2017 and how they would take her forward. I think the first thing would be, if we work backwards, uh, going to Nepal, digging a water pipeline um, to connect this really remote village in the Himalayan mountains um, with water, then working with street children from the earthquake and just seeing how the schools work, and then running a marathon. And that was an amazing experience with a group of people from all over the world. In terms of my business, um, it continues to grow online, helping people in mind and body coaching, in terms of sport, entrepreneurs, and individuals with kind of body confidence or overall confidence issues. Those would be the the two things that jump into my mind. You make the rest of us look lazy, like we're sitting on the sofa. That's incredible. (laughs) But tell me about what happened last week. You went to Dublin and you won another award. I feel really lucky. A little bit overwhelmed because it's only gone to press yesterday. But I won the Optimum Nutrition Trainer of the Year Gold Standard Award. Yeah, I feel really, really kind of humbled. It was an independent judging panel of six people, um, industry professionals who critiqued our applications. Yeah, I mean, my, my whole sort of passion and purpose is to help people believe in themselves and unlock their true potential. Like we all have fears, but get over our fears and embrace them and take action on the what if I could do this or what if I could feel that. I think applying for awards helps you clarify what you're doing with your business. It also makes you accountable. It allows you to reach more people and hopefully make a bigger difference. So applying for awards, obviously, you run a very successful energised performance business you have two streams to your business don't you yeah so are you, are you saying you would actively encourage your clients to go out and seek awards specific ones so not you know applying to literally everything so no scattergunning yeah um, but specific ones that are rele- really relevant to your core values of your business but also ones that you feel will make a difference and for me that make you sit down and really think about like what you've done what your clients have achieved and where you want to take your business it's kind of like doing a business planning application and putting it out to people you don't know to judge you and yeah you don't need to do that I think it's good practice you also meet a load of different people that you wouldn't meet otherwise if the judging panels are you know critiquing you And I think it adds massive value to all the people that are in your team and all the clients that work with you. This award, it's for all my clients, it's for all the team that support me. It's for everybody, it's not just me. I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have any of my clients doing great things. And it takes time, um, but I think it's worth it. Do you do it all yourself or do you outsource it to other people to help you? Oh, I do it myself. I don't think you should apply for an award and outsource it. It's got to be authentic, it's got to be your words. However big your company is, I I think you as the founder and leader, if, if you were personally going up for the award, need to write it. So your business is very varied. You say it's very rewarding. How did it all start? Twofold. So when I was a teenager, I was riding horses, um, three-day eventing, riding 
anybody's horse <laughs> pony that I could come across. Yeah. And I just, I grew up on a farm and um, I just loved outdoors and riding and was lucky enough to ride for the under 21 Scottish team, competed at a high level. And there was a real disconnect between riders and their fitness and their confidence. I thought there's something here. I feel like I can help athletes get fitter and believe in themselves to perform better. And that was actually my PE project um, at GCSE and then A-levels. Oh, wow. Uh, And I wrote to different Olympic athletes. I remember my PE teacher saying there's nothing in that. And then when I got all the letters back, he was like, you've got something here. So that was where the athlete side came. And on the other side, you know, a little bit before that, I really suffered from low confidence, kind of disordered eating and, you know, not finding my own place in school at all. I was probably a huge misfit. So on that side, I, I didn't want anyone to feel like that. Or I wanted people to have some support with it. I think I was confused about, you know, what to do and what was right or what was wrong, in inverted commas. And this is like way before social media or anything. And I grew up on a farm. So it wasn't like, you know, we didn't really watch telly, didn't have any magazines. It wasn't an influence from external. It was more an internal feeling. So that was the other passion. Really help people. I suppose that experience wasn't the primary factor with my business because it felt really vulnerable to even talk about it I I haven't really much anyway so the foundation was around the sports but then the more learning I did it's the combination I actually did a degree in business because my dad was like you're not doing fitness (laughs) Um, which is fair enough because then there were two personal training companies and it was there wasn't really you know much of an industry yet I was riding and competing I had two part-time jobs and I was doing my business degree. I was quite happy doing the business business degree. I'm really glad I did because it was the fa- it's the foundation of my business. Yes. You know, my dissertation was on corporate culture and competitive advantage, which I've used every year since. You know, it was the <laughs> the best dissertation I could have done, and it was the foundation of all the NLP and the mindset stuff. But I didn't realize it at that point. And then as soon as I graduated, I went to do the personal training and the sports therapy (laughs) in London. Started from there, but the combination was great. I'm so glad that, you know, I did do the business degree. Thank you for telling me about how your business evolved. But what's driven you to all this? You talk very passionately about mindset, the combination of the business and the mindset and helping people. And you talk about helping people a lot. That's a common theme. But what drives you to do this? It's a good question. I'm often asked that question. Um, With the word drive, I think I said to you from a coaching point of view, um, it's really interesting with NLP that sometimes the word driven can mean like at all costs. So it's like close to burnout. Yeah. So I, I now don't really associate that word with me. I just feel incredibly motivated, focused, inspired. I feel like I have a great purpose and passion. You know, I use different words, but... I mean, the drive behind it, if you want to use that because people relate to it, the drive behind it. It's just this sense of, I want to make a global difference. I want to leave a legacy and make an impact. Um, So that's like the overriding thing. I have a passion for sort of learning and knowledge. I think everything I do is, is really interesting and constantly evolving. So I'm often told, oh, you're always learning something new and you're always 
doing something new. And I said, but the, everything is evolving so quickly. It's exciting. Like life happens, you can't control it, but you can control how you make your choices in what's happening. Was there one person, often people say, you know, I met someone so they inspired me and that, that yeah. drove me to deliver or that drove me to do this. Was, was there one thing that happened or was there one person or was it just a combination of a load of things that happened to you that created this... this not this drive, obviously you don't want to use that no, word no, it's now, fine. but that yeah. movement, that motivation, that purpose and that passion. I think it's always a combination of experiences, particularly when you're younger. I think they you know, give you your drive and motivation. I think there are always key people as well along, all, along the way. My PE teacher was definitely one of them. He kind of supported my crazy ideas, even though I kind of didn't really fit in. I didn't have many friends. Um, or anything but he encouraged me when he left school I think it was like two or three years ago he wrote me a little email and said you know followed what you've done and That's I so think lovely. it's yeah Nori Benner amazing like man so he he was definitely fundamental I think everybody has many role models if you start to think about it so business wise your business is very varied is there one bit that you love more than the rest I love the variety <laughs> I'm always told by people who mental me you need to hone it down a little bit more but yes who I work with is very broad and I love the variety I think the high-end people you know team GB the Strictly Come Dancing you know the media people they are really interesting but equally my man or woman that is just really stuck in themselves but ready to change is equally inspiring in a different way Strictly's just finished hasn't it for us in the UK was that fun to do how many years have you been doing it now six seven years eleven no way (laughs) yeah you get that quiet quiet. Um, but I don't I haven't worked every season I'm privately contracted by the pros and that's all I can say and I think that that's why I get to work with a lot of people that are really really interesting on a profile level is because I'm that's a value of mine because they're just like normal people and they really need some support and I feel very lucky to have their trust to work with them. Okay, so lots of people, there's lots written about how to be more successful business. You know, if you look yeah. at Inc. magazine or if you look at Entrepreneur, if you look at Success magazine, everybody talks about, you know, take the, take the learning from the successful global entrepreneurs. You know, what does Richard Branson do mm. in the morning? Yeah, and they talk about their morning routine <laughs> as something that's, that helps them be highly successful. Yeah. So what's the Kim Ingleby morning, morning routine? <laughs> Including Jake. Yeah. yeah, I love this because you. I do have a morning routine. It's probably gone in as a subliminal message that I've always had a morning routine for years and years. Um, maybe that's been led by having an animal most of the time, which yeah. kind of gives you a bit of a routine. No phone in the bedroom is a rule. Therefore, you know, it's old school alarm clock. <laughs> Get up. I do the Tibetan five yoga moves, and they basically are supposed to sort of wake up all of your system because they they work through the chakras and things like that if you do 20 moves of each of them you're supposed to look 10 years younger if you do it every day then if i'm at home i will walk jake the hound of happiness because he's a rescue dog that's the walk you know it's with him it makes you sort of focus and present on the day and then i'll either do breakfast and journaling gym journal breakfast depending on like my clients well it's, it's more actually just setting the intention but i actually write you know, write the clarity for the day. And what time do you rise? Because everybody says, I don't have time. And my call is actually, do you know what? You have the same amount of time as everybody else. It's what you choose to do in it, isn't it? So actually, if you choose to get up an hour earlier, 
you'll yeah. have an extra hour. So what time does what time does the morning routine kick off for you? I do think sleep's important though. So a lot of yeah. the entrepreneurs will say, oh, "I get up at four. <laughs> sleep's important." Um, it's it's normally around six, and the the timing of this can take forty minutes or less. Giving Jake his time in the morning is important. I think a lot of people, uh, isn't it? You know, I, I had a puppy for a while, socialised, and I would, I would think, right, I can multitask. I'll walk Rupert, I'll walk Skipper, and I'll phone that person on the way. Yeah. So I'm walking through Blaze, aren't I, with my earphones in, talking to people, and the dogs and the puppies running around and socialising with all the other puppies. Yeah. But I'm not giving him any time, am I? Yeah, and that's why I've taken Jake to all the rescue dog classes and things Mm -hmm. you know this is my opportunity as well I couldn't be on the phone with him he's just not quite relaxed yet but also giving him my attention is quite important I feel I've got friends who could walk him you know you know whatever in the morning but I actually go no I'd rather get up so say I'm getting a flight early I'd rather get up at five and still do that than not move not stretch and get on the flight that happens if I'm traveling as well I just walk myself because I know that it's good for like waking up your body and it's good for your posture. It's good for setting your focus for the day. And it's very easy to, you know, get lazy. I think when you travel and just think, well, I'm traveling and I'll just relax a bit longer and, you know, switch on the telly. And then you're not focused for your client or your job. You haven't moved your body. So um, I do that. I did that in the airport as well. (laughs) You just walk around the airport? Yeah, yeah. When I when I flew back from Nepal, I did it in Qatar. I walked around the airport for twenty minutes. I did the stretches. Felt really uncomfortable, but I was like, I've been travelling for however many hours. I ran a marathon two days ago. This will make a difference. I'm smiling because I'm just thinking back about the time um, that you helped me do the London marathon. I did the marathon on the Sunday. I flew to Vegas with work on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, and I pretty much cried for five days. Yeah. Not that everything hurt. I was just so overwhelmed, and then I had to put on high heels, and I was in agony. Yeah. And I did I stretch? No, I probably didn't stretch, Kim. Yeah. But the other thing. I was so grateful it was over. Yeah. The thing to put in there is I didn't wake up doing this. You know, this has been a journey in athletic commas you know that word's used a lot but these habits and what I eat and how I think from like 20 plus years of professional training learning adapting post vials you know that death moment and then coming back to where I am you know all of these things has got me there when people are like oh it's easy for you I mean I know about the vials but do you want to talk about the vials how did it happen what happened June 2013 swimming in a lake for a triathlon yeah I must have been swimming behind a rat that was really ill probably eight days later felt a bit fluey that week but that's quite normal you know post-race yeah within the space of probably eight hours I don't really remember it I went from you know chatting in a busy environment to then being completely disorientated. Yeah, just everything falling apart, really. Like my memory, even now, I I can't really remember it, but then I try and contextualize it with, if I asked you what you were doing in June 2013. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. I'm kind of like, well, what's my brain and what's that? But yeah, the vials affected all of me. I was lucky that a doctor, one of his first patients had vials disease um, and unfortunately died. He'd seen it before when he was a very young doctor. He retired shortly after seeing me and it was, kind of nice in the Vaticanus maybe for him that he finished his career this is my thinking of like I'm quite intuitive I just was I knew it was connected with the water I knew before I even swam in the water I shouldn't have done the triathlon you asked him about the testing didn't you yeah and it was cold and you know I'd had a lot of cervical cancer treatment the year before I felt really well but I think in hindsight 
maybe my immune system was still low because it was really cold and I've always had kind of Raynards so my system doesn't work great in the cold and the water wasn't really clean I think the whole combination you know I found that rat it's a continual healing journey and I still have so the liver and kidneys aren't quite right on my bloods but then if a lot of people had their bloods done you know just like if you had a bones density scan or something they pick up on things but you feel fine I know how to manage that the secondary encephalitis is the what they think kind of causes quite a few problems still but I feel very grateful with all the knowledge that I have I have used every single piece of it to help me get back to where I am like where I am now as we speak is pretty much where my business was before the VARS happened so it's taken me four and a half years to get it back to get back on track yeah and that's just to bring it back to back in vertical as to where it was but it's somewhere different and I really have to manage things to be able to do things and it's different but the whole experience has helped me to help my clients but it's very challenging and it and it's a weird thing I have worked out through stages for instance how to go to Nepal and do what I did out there but to go to the fitness awards in Leicester was infinitely more challenging and I couldn't complete the night (laughs) and so it's very confusing for me but it's also very challenging for other people to understand it a lot of conditions that people have that people can't see it doesn't make sense so it then makes them feel kind of a bit scared and uncomfortable so that's why I have an even greater sense of kind of compassion for other people because you just don't know what they're dealing with I find it really challenging to share my experience I hope it helps people and talking about sharing experience how was the whole TEDx experience how was it for you and we've seen the video, obviously, we've all seen the video, of course, it's fantastic. I don't think everyone has, because I've been really poor at pushing it out there, which is maybe just sort of my vulnerability behind it. It was amazing, it was such a great experience. Mel, the curator, looked after me and made it possible. Without her, I couldn't have done it, because she worked with... It was very early stages in my recovery. She worked with me to make it possible. I'd love people to watch the TEDx video, and I hope it helps them, but people like, you did TED, that's amazing. I did TED, it was amazing. Mel got me there, put me in a quiet room. I didn't see anybody else, didn't talk to anyone else. I went on stage, I did my thing and I left. And so it was kind of weird. I had this amazing experience. It's the noise on a high level that really sort of aggravates my neurology still. Yeah, I wasn't really involved. And so I really miss, I really miss all of that side a lot. And I miss that I wasn't there because it's kind of like how I was. And I, I still love that bit in my own self but it's very hard to manage. But she made it possible for me to do the the TED Talk. It's a lovely Um, story. People should watch TED Talk. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Business advice. Your business has evolved from PT, hasn't it, essentially? And it's very wide-ranging now. What (laughs) advice would you give give your younger self? What I'd give my younger self, or what I would give anybody, is you have to learn to like the person you are you know because whoever I work in business I'm really surprised you know whatever level they are the fundamental thing is that they don't think that they're good enough or they're trying to prove to themselves or other people that they're good enough and they just don't realize that you know they're okay in themselves that sounds incredibly simple but we run very complex patterns you know behind I'm not good enough. Yeah, that would be one. And two is trust your instinct. Trust your instinct, the stuff that excites you, the stuff that you think, I wish I could do that. And if you're thinking, I wish I could do it, but I 
I couldn't. That's your boundary. That's your fear. I truly believe that it might take you two, three, five years to maybe make it your reality. But why not try that? And why not get the support to try that? Then spending the five years will go anyway, thinking that you can't. You've got to get uncomfortable to grow. So you talk about support. And as a coach, you've always told me you've had a coach. And you've shared with me on a couple of occasions that... If there was someone that you wanted to go and get specific training with, you've saved money for a couple of years to go and spend time yeah. with that coach. I remember you telling me. Most people would look at it and go, I don't, I don't run a business. I don't do sport. Why on earth would I need a coach? What are you, what's your take on it? When I say everyone needs a coach, I think everyone who works, like runs their own business um, yeah. or wants to achieve a goal could benefit from having a coach. That's my personal and professional value, which I feel it should be as a coach. You know, I should model that both ways. Some people, hey, in life are completely happy and content, so they don't need the coach. I'm not sort of definitely pushing that. I just think having external support in this world, external, impartial, confidential, non-judgmental, any of those words, support is invaluable. And if you find someone who is slightly ahead of you or has different skills to you, it's going to add value to your life. Wow, well, that was Kim Ingleby speaking there. A real ambassador when it comes to mind and body coaching. I found her stories absolutely inspirational. And I hope by listening to her story, it's added some value to your day. Don't forget, you can stay up to date with news and tips by The Master Fixer on our Facebook page. And we're going to bring you every month a fantastic expert as part of our expert series. So until next time, have a fantastic day. If you liked what you heard, book your free business strategy call with Linda today. Linda Davis Carr, The Master Fixer.